Welcome in. It is the Bill Michaels Show on a Thursday. No Bill today. I am Ben Kenny. Alongside with me, the one and only Zach Heilprin. Zach never speaks to me before the time of at least 4 o'clock, but he's here. It is 10 o'clock. Zach, hello. How we doing? Happy Thursday, brother. How are you? I'm doing good. Fantastic. So I I saw today, first of all, today I think is the 27th Sports Equinox whatever that, uh, that we have had in our world. That includes the NFL, the NBA, the MLB, the NHL, the MLS, and golf. CJ Cup is uh, in South Carolina. And I kind of feel like... Only a couple of those sports matter. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot going on, and, and only a little bit of it matters, no doubt. Uh, tonight, you got Thursday night football going on. It is the Saints and the Cardinals. Sunday, the Packers are in Washington in that absolute dump of a stadium, FedEx Field. The way that everybody here craps on Soldier Field, and rightfully so, for the dump that it is, that's kind of uh, what I do with FedEx Field. It's probably the worst sporting establishment I've ever been to. Okay. I'm talking like you get pictures from the press box and there are pillars where they can't see the field. There are the sight lines are terrible. Sewage leaks onto the fans. Railings collapse on quarterbacks. It's horrible. Do you know I've been there? I did not. I've been there. I've been in the press box and the day I went, it was raining. And so inside the press box, it was also raining. The Packers. So in the front, (laughs) in the front row, we weren't getting hit. But behind us, the Packers PR people had to wear rain gear because it was dripping down on their heads the entire game. You're kidding. No. Wow. It's That stadium was built. It was like the first of the new ones after the old uh, stadiums that used to have football and baseball that were all the domes and they're all circular. They were all the same. We started to move towards new stadiums. That was the first one was built. And it is uh, wildly outdated, I he, guess. It's a piece. So that is disaster number one happening in Washington. Disaster number two obviously has to do with Dan Snyder and everything circling around that organization. Disaster number three might be the Packers offense coming into town. Uh, the They are uh, five-point favorites in Washington, which is, I guess, a little surprising given what we've seen. Carson Wentz is out for the commanders. Taylor Heineke will be in at quarterback. Where we're going to start today, and we have a lot to get to, fantasy football coming up at noon. We'll take your calls throughout the day. Uh, A big weekend of football after a terrible, terrible weekend uh, last weekend. Where we're going to start, I guess, uh, can things change in a week? Like where this team is trending for weeks now, pretty much the entire season, They have yet to put a complete game out there. We have seen successful halves. We have seen successful drives. But even so, they come out of halftime, and then the other team gets momentum, like we saw with the Giants, like kind of we saw with Tampa Bay, where the offense just stopped moving forward in the second half there. And as we saw with the Jets, where the Jets just pummeled them into submission. Can things change in a week? Like, Can they go out there? Is it possible uh, to think about a Packers team on Monday where we come on air and say, you know what, maybe they'll be okay. Can things change in a week? Against that front, against uh, with the offensive line not being able to protect the way that they haven't been able to protect, it's it's difficult to see. Like, What's your confidence level that there's it's going to be different? This weekend? Yes. Quite low. Yeah, exactly. So could it? Yes. Is it? Probably not. I, I would not feel comfortable at all sitting here and saying that this offense is all of a sudden going to break out and look so much different. Now, we saw in week one, not great. Week two against Chicago, where you got the the backs involved more, all of a sudden it looks great. But 
it's asking I mean it's it's asking a lot for it to be all of a sudden this this great offense but it doesn't need to be great it just needs to score more than 10 points it needs to score 17 20 if they score if if they score 20 points they're going to win a lot of games because I think the defense as, as long as you're not leaving them out there for an extended period like they did against the Jets they're going to be able to keep teams in that 20 point range yeah we talk about consist it, it's the consistency thing we had our show on Tuesday, Kenny and Heilprin, talking about Badgers, Michigan State, a disappointing loss, and the story of their season uh, here in Madison is a lack of consistency for the Packers as well, right? Where even when we see good plays from the offense and they start to move, they get to a third down and either Rodgers gets sacked or they go backwards. It's a very timely stuff like that. I saw Dan Orlovsky had a good breakdown on ESPN this morning of some of the plays from the Jets game and they were in great calls, and the play was executed except for one player each time, or one time it was the left guard, one time it was the right guard, one time it was Mercedes Lewis, the tight end, where one block gets missed, everything gets blown up, and we see the game differently. And what's tough for me here is the matchup is kind of a carbon copy of what they faced on Sunday with the Jets. Now, it looks like the Jets are a better team, no doubt, throughout this season. But what is the one thing or one of the two things the commanders are good at? They have a good wide receiver room. It doesn't really matter given the quarterback play. But what's the one thing they're best at is their front. Yeah. So if we go into this game and, and say, okay, we need 20 touches for Aaron Jones, I likely, I don't know, 18 carries for Jones, another five to six receptions, get A.J. Dillon involved, hope he is playing better than he has. Even so, that's going right into what the commanders do well. If it was in a vacuum and I hadn't had seen what we've seen from the Packers so far, I would say, okay, this is a game where Rodgers slings it around. This is where the ball's out quick. You take advantage of the secondary. You get the tight end involved. The issue is I, they've tried to do that most of the season and kind of neglected the running back room, and it hasn't worked at all. So I, I approach this game. I don't know what I want to see. I, competence. Well, that really is it. That's the thing. And th- I think the biggest question is what do they do along the offensive line? Because they can't continue to throw out the same group, right? They have they have some opportunities here to move some guys around and potentially put out a, a group that maybe is better suited. Perhaps Elton Jenkins uh, back at guard, whether it's at left guard or right guard. Zach Tom or, or Yash Nyman at, at right tackle. Like what do, Royce Newman can't be on the field right now. Like Royce Newman can't block anybody. He can't be on the field at this point. So uh, if... If that's the case, then you have to move some guys around. And I think it was um, like just get Elton Jenkins in, a, in in his best spot, which is probably guard, and figure something else out at right tackle. You can't be having Yash Nyman, who I believe they believe, think is among their top ten, or actually, excuse me, their top five offensive linemen sitting on the bench doing nothing. He proved to be a valuable commodity at left tackle. Get him on the field in a different way, especially when you know Elton Jenkins can play a bunch of different spots. Brian Bulaga was on a radio show this week and said, yeah, he wants to see Elton Jenkins go back to guard. He wants to see Yash get on the field. I, I believe he said left guard uh, and put him next to, to David Bakhtiari. And then you have a really extremely strong side of the line. Yeah. And, and then you move Runyon to right. I, I wonder as an outsider, and there probably is an answer to this. I just don't know what it is. I wonder as an outsider how tough it would be, you know, in one week you say, okay, Runyon, now you're going to the right. And Jenkins, I, I know, can make that move because he's moved all over. But when it comes to a younger guy like Runyon, would it work there at right guard instantly or would it take some time? I mean, one big story when it comes to that is Adam Stenovich is the offensive coordinator. 
Like we talked about coaching changes and Hackett goes and Getsy goes and they bring in Tom Clements and Basaccia comes in to coach special teams. The fact that Stenovich, I, I assume he still works with the line, I figure, but they have Butkus in there coaching the line and, and clearly the returns have been negative so far. So I, it's kind of like a Badger situation right now where they've been so inconsistent up there and it's really been a detriment to the team. Usually I would look at a very talented Packers O-line group as I did all off season. And as I've done for the Badgers as well forever and say, okay, you know, they'll figure it out. They figured it out in the past. They have good players there, but after what we've seen from the team so far, I, that's not an area of confidence at all. What are you confident in right now? Th- th- that's the problem. And it's the exact same thing. And I know, I mean, which one's a cop and carpy of the other team? I don't know. But the inconsistency and the lack of an identity with the, with the two football teams that call Wisconsin home at this point is very noticeable. Like, you can't sit here and say they do this great, they do that great. They know they can count on this. There's just not the, – that is not – that doesn't exist right now. And so it's very, very hard, I, th- I think, especially – I'm specifically talking about the offense, but it's very hard to build – a game plan around not knowing exactly what's going to work for you. They are identity lists. You ask, what are we confident in? I would say absolutely nothing. Yeah. There are specific players that have been playing really well, but unit wise, like Rashawn Gary's been a beast, Yeah, but has the front been good enough to counteract Joe Barry's scheme on the back end? No, clearly Bailey Zappi was throwing the ball all over a bit for the Patriots. Uh, you can look across the each room and say, okay, they have had players that play really well, but overall, obviously, it's not working. They're three and three. Something I want to get to later is how the three and three record feels because there are a bunch of three and three teams in this league, and I want to go through them because they all feel different, right? Like some of them feel better than the record. Some of them feel significantly worse. I'm not saying the Packers feel significantly worse, but you look through the record, and as time goes on and we get more information on the games, like we can look back to the Bucks game and in the moment it's like, okay, you won in Tampa, you won on the road. That's a good win. Hard to win in this league, all those cliches. But then when you see what happens against the New York teams and as we go forward, it's like, okay, then those wins feel like more of the trend of this team isn't very good than necessarily that was a good team and they just found a way to win. Well, if we remember back to what we were talking about after those games, it was, yeah, we, it's a win, but we can't really count on winning like this the entire year. Right. I mean, that was that that was the conversation that we were having after those games. Aaron Rodgers was asked about it. Uh, The only thing I think we can count on, Ben, is uh, someone coming out after the game when Aaron Jones touches the ball. 11 times me like, yeah, we got to get Aaron Jones some more carries. Got to get him the ball. <laughs> got to get him the ball. Gotta that's get him the that's ball. not acceptable. That's not acceptable. 11, oh. 11 touches, not acceptable. The you coach, said that you said that after almost every game that he doesn't touch the ball enough. And it's not and it's, the, it's not something that anybody else controls except for you. The coach and the quarterback say that. Yes. And who are the two people that decide what play they run and who gets the football? The coach and then the quarterback. Right. And let's be fair about it. Probably the quarterback more than the coach. Yeah. I, Based uh, in this current relationship. Yes. All of the powers in their hands, no doubt. So, yeah, we'll get into all that. We're going to get into the simplification stuff. Some good stats on The Athletic, a piece coming out today about what's worked and what hasn't worked for this Packers offense. Also, a clip I want to play. I'll do it when we come back. Rodgers, on a podcast this offseason, when he was speaking about LaFleur's offense, his love for the West Coast system, kind of shows you how this team is falling flat. Rob Reichel had a good piece on the Packers' identity. We will touch on that as well. Uh, 
a lot to come. Fantasy football at noon. And then, Zach, something that I was thinking about yesterday, and I had a tweet that kind of made the rounds. Uh, this time, not for a very negative reason, which, you know, is a first for a little while. Uh, Brian Gutekunst is a time to maybe question his job this offseason and some of the moves he has made. Not questioning his job, questioning what he did. Correct. Okay. Questioning yeah. the job he has done. Yeah, you got to yeah. This got to be specific season. there because you're not saying you're not calling for them to fire him. No. Okay. Questioning some of the decisions and wondering how he could have done a better job building this team. I, and, uh, and I saw your tweet about what this team would look like if they took the two other and it I got some comments on it. Yeah. So, I uh, provocative, I would say, as always. There are uh, there are people on both sides, uh, many of whom are still coming at me for said tweet. It's at Ben Z. Kenny on Twitter. <laughs> he is at Zach Heilprin. A lot is to come today. 877-867-770. That is the number to get a hold of the program. We could take your calls coming up. What I wanted to do before we stepped away and took a break is this matchup with the commanders. I It has come after, and you may forget about this, because two Thursdays ago, maybe it was last... One week ago today, it was last Thursday, Commanders had that horrible game against the Bears and a game where both jerseys were way too orange. I'm questioning, I'm questioning you right now. Why? You talked about how much you loved, in the same exact state, a few days earlier than that, the 9-6 to six game between Iowa and Illinois, and now you're taking shots at the Thursday night game that was 12 to what? What, was it, what did it end up being? Well, I'm catering to the fan base here. 12, I myself, 12 to what? 12 to 9, 12 to 10. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. Everybody thought it was a terrible game. I enjoyed watching it because there was a lot of suspense at the end. It was low <laughs> scoring. It was a tough, physical, hard nosed football game with terrible quarterback play. That's what I'm into. But I know nobody else is. I'm <laughs> catering to the people here. Ron Rivera spoke after the game, and many have been coming at Carson Wentz. And he had made comments that, you know, his quarterback position hasn't been really they haven't had the best situation in that quarterback room going into this season. So he went on this rant because they kept asking him uh, after the Dan Snyder stuff. And how is that as a distraction? He talks about his quarterback and it brought me back to a very famous coach post game press conference moment. First, here's Ron Rivera. No, what's important is these guys. Okay. For the last couple of weeks, honestly, I'm going to, I'm going to speak my mind for a second for honestly, uh, it's been hard. It really has. You lose four games in a row and everybody wants to get you, you know, just get on you. And they've played their asses off. They have. They play their asses off for everybody. They come out and they show up. They work hard. All right. They don't complain. Okay. They hear all this stuff and they got to deal with it. I get that. And I respect them for that because they're resilient. They come back. Everybody keeps wanting to say, I didn't want anything to do with Carson. Well, I'm the guy that pulled out the sheets of paper, that looked at the analytics, that watched the tape in the freaking when we were at Indianapolis, okay? And that's what pisses me off, because the young man doesn't deserve to have that all the time. I'm sorry, I'm done. Zach Halperin, do you know what that brought me back to? Um, there's a lot of choices here. Is it, is it about a quarterback or just no? No. Okay, then Denny Green. No, it brought me back. I was nine years old. It brought me back to the, I'm a man, I'm 40. And not necessarily for the specific message, but for the general tone. Gotcha. And, you know, stop coming at my guys, come at me, whatever. That kind of deal. Okay, gotcha. So I did some research yesterday Mm. while I was making picks on the Bill Michaels huddle. And that's Oklahoma State. It was 2007, September 22nd, uh, 15-year anniversary passed last month. 
Somehow, Gundy is still there. I don't know how he's lasted that long. A Brian Ferentz, a true Brian Ferentz, or Kirk uh, Ferentz situation. I was going to say, it is not a Brian Ferentz situation. Mike Gundy's actually been successful. Yes. Uh, well, Kirk Ferentz, that's what I meant. He has been successful, for the most part, yes. at Iowa. Yeah. And the next week, after said rant, when the team had lost, they came back and they beat Sam Houston State 38-3. to And I just found that information. The commanders are five-point underdogs, and that brought me to my pick against the spread uh, last night that I thought the commanders would cover. And I hope I'm wrong, but I don't, I don't know how I go into this game after Ron Rivera goes on said rant and blows up in front of the media and not expect Taylor Heineke to come out with some energy. I'll be know? honest, I like Taylor Heineke better than I do Carson Wentz. Oh, so do I. So much more. <laughs> I mean, he brings, I think he, he brings a little bit more. He right on the on right on the goal line of, of beating Green Bay last year uh, on a fourth down. I mean, it wasn't the last play of the game or anything like that, but there was a fourth down call that could have gone either way. They almost beat him in, at Lambeau last year. Yeah. Taylor Heineke has some juice, no doubt. Uh, it's also an all-time name that people will mispronounce. Heineke. 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 Yes. But it's a Heine with a key. I've heard many pronounce it wrong. So, uh, yeah, Taylor Heineke under center for the Commanders. The Packers are five-point favorites in that absolute dump FedEx field outside of Washington, D.C. We're going to step away, 877-867-1670. That's how you get a hold of the program. Can everything change in a week? That is how we started the show. As we go along, when we return, a clip from Aaron Rodgers on a podcast this offseason and where the Packers' offense stands, what they do well, what has worked, what has not worked, and what maybe we could see change this weekend and going forward. That is next. He is Zach Heilprin. I'm Ben Kenny. It's the Bill Michael Show. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back in. It is the Bill Michaels show. No bill today. He's back tomorrow leading into the weekend. That is Zach Heilprin. I am Ben Kenny. It is of note. Our show, Kenny and Heilprin, is live at Monks and Sun Prairie from 5 to 6 o'clock tonight. Talking Badgers and Purdue. We'll touch on that game a little later on in the show. I, I figure given the Badgers struggles, it is not... Uh, The topic is not at the forefront of people's brains right now. Instead, it is the struggles of the (laughs) Green Bay Packers, which will persist throughout our show today. 877-867-1670. If you want to get a hold of the show, that is how you do it. So Aaron Rodgers uh, did his rounds of podcast appearances this offseason, Zach. Uh, I well know because I listened to all of them in their entirety for the most part. As I'm a great radio producer, I like to know what's going on, maybe to see if there was a comment that we could use and stuff. One of the interviews he did was with Pardon My Take when they were up in Lambeau Field, and they were talking with him about Matt LaFleur's offense, and it it ended up going into the scheme and what schemes he likes. This is a minute. Take a listen, and then we'll get into maybe what has been working and what has not been working for the Packers this year. Now, remember, this was preseason It was after, you know, two straight MVP years, after a lot of success with Matt LaFleur at the helm. This was before the struggles of this year began. But take a listen, and we'll get into it. Martin, he knows what he's talking about. 
and yeah, you do what he says. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's one of the smartest in the game, but that implies that you've maybe played for some coaches that weren't smart. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if the scheme is smart and makes sense, then yeah, you do it. Mm-hmm. How much Sometimes th- in this scheme, and I tell Matt all the time, this scheme has flaws. I, I think this scheme. Uh, is way different. I, I grew up in the West Coast offense. West Coast offense, I think, is the most beautiful offense ever created. It's very, it's about timing and rhythm and balance, and everything makes sense protection-wise. You know where your hots are. You know where your eyes are going every single time. You know how the concepts fit together. This is a schematic offense. That was not a schematic offense. That was built on timing and precision and rhythm and guys being in the right spot at the right time and putting the ball in the proper number. Um, and, it, you know, started with Bill Walsh and Montana and, and uh, Paul Hackett and on down to the iteration that we got to, and I loved it. In that offense, though, it's not predicated on off- uh, on motion. It's predicated on uh, winning one-on-one matchups and then being accurate throwing the football. And so that's what I grew up in. I marveled at Peyton Manning during his prime would run all two-by-two two and three-by-one formations with no motion just because he wanted to look at it and use his cadence variation to get movement and then be able to, to go with tempo as well. When you have so much motion, it's hard to get tempo going, you know, it's because you always got to make sure you're set and you got a motion, maybe a double motion, maybe this thing, maybe this adjustment off of it. I just like sometimes, and I tell him the same thing. I'm not telling you guys anything I wouldn't tell him. I was got after him today because every freaking play, there was goddamn motion. I'm like, can we run one play without a motion and pass so we can get some tempo going? So that is Aaron Rodgers before the season. And that obviously led to after their loss to the Jets, a compilation of him saying one very common word at the podium. Simply. Simplify some things. I think it's going to be in our best interest to simplify things. Just simplify some things and simplification notwithstanding. And that's why I think we need to simplify things. It was very simple things. Very simple plays. Then we need to simplify things. Now it's, oh, we need to simplify. Rain it in a little bit. Let's just simplify some things. Uh, the simplest plays are the best plays. Might be time to reel it back in a little bit and, and uh, simplify some things. Simple mistakes. So we're making simple mistakes on complex plays. To me, the natural response is to simplify things even more. So, Zach, my, re- my reaction to this, and this is where you tell me if I'm an idiot, our age-old segment. I just now perked up. On our show, Kenny and Heilprin, where I say something, and most of the time you call me an idiot. That's I, not true. I've never sometimes rightfully so. I've never called you an idiot. Oh, well, that makes me feel good. There's a first time for everything. Though. Okay. So here's how I see all of this. Matt LaFleur's offense has had a lot of success. It is the same as the Shanahan, you know, that whole tree. It is very execution-based where everything has to work perfectly. It's not as Rodgers was explaining the West Coast offense, more of uh, not stagnant, but more reliant on a quarterback's accuracy and and all that. It's very execution-based at every single level, offensive line, wide receiver, running backs, all that. And right now, nobody's executing. Like, simple as that, where when the entire offense does, there's one guard that gets beat, plays blown up. When everything else works, there's one tight end that misses a seal, Everything gets blown up where I, I feel like when Roger says simplify, simplify, simplify to me, kind of, it's like, okay, can we just stop? As he said, stop motioning on every play. Can we get some tempo going? The Packers, I found this in the athletic today. The Packers, since Matt LaFleur took over in 2019, they are 30th in the NFL in no huddle snaps where, and that's a something with his offense and the Shanahan offense. They very rarely go tempo. And we've seen Rodgers, how uh, terrific he is 
when he's able to go up tempo, catch the defense off guard, catch him substituting all that stuff where I now with all the motion and how the offense operates, I feel like Rogers wants to see it return, not to a West coast offense, but to the core of that, where there isn't all the pre snap snuff stuff. He wants to see the picture of the defense, not have it change as guys are running across the field and go back to something close to that with still it being Matt LaFleur's schemes. But isn't that a big part of it? Like this, the, the motion and everything, isn't that a big part of the scheme? It is, but I isn't guess... Isn't that an important part of the scheme? It is, but I think the argument is when they are dealing with execution issues. I From Rodgers himself, from the running backs, from the line, from wide receivers, from tight ends, from everybody, when they're dealing with that, as we see, the offense doesn't work. So, so dumb it down, simplify it. Like a way to get the ball in the hands of Aaron Rodgers and have him be the guy at the end that can or cannot make the play I, where right now I feel like so much of it is okay. We're relying on the one guard to seal after the wide receiver ran across the field. I, I don't have you watched Aaron Rodgers this year. He yeah. hasn't looked great. Okay. So putting, putting a lot of onus on him and saying it's He's got a He's your MVP quarterback and he has to do this and he has to do that pre-snap. Okay. Within the snap, he hasn't played well enough yeah. to sit here and say, we can, we can put it all on him. That's, that's where I think the difficulty for me comes a little bit is just sitting here and say, is, is he the same quarterback he was? Like, he still makes some great throws. The throw to Lazard, obviously. Like, there, there are signs that it's there, but it's not consistent enough. And he, is, he said as much. And he doesn't have, obviously, the guys that can make up for mistakes uh, or even like a, not even a poor throw, but just a throw that isn't exactly where it needs to be. He doesn't necessarily have those guys right now. Um, he needs to be, he needs to play better. You, you think about the Aaron Jones deep route that went the ball went sailing out of bounds. If he throws it where it's supposed to be, it's a touchdown. Like those execution, it comes like motion or not, it comes down to execution within the play itself. And Aaron Rodgers hasn't been good enough. Yes, I and, agree. And the offensive line hasn't been good enough. So if you can't pass protect, all the motion in the world is not going to change that. Like you have to be able to man up and win your one on ones, and they haven't been able to do it. I saw a stat. On Twitter, I think it was from Zach Cruz. He's been sacked 15 times. Ten of those times have come on third down. Yes, I have that. I had that written down. I'll pull it up now. Of the 15 sacks taken by Rodgers, 10 are on third down. Five of the 10 are on the edge of field goal range, yeah. which is like the one time you just can't take a sack. Right. So this, I mean, there, there's a lot that goes into us. And, and Aaron Rodgers, you can talk about simplify this and simplify that. But when you're out there and you have an opportunity to make plays, you have to execute them. And, yeah. he's, and he's not doing it just like everybody else ain't doing it. Yeah. The way I look at it, I he has not played up to what we expected from him. And he has to play better for the team to be better. But when I look at the personnel around the offense, if Matt LaFleur and Rodgers can find a way to have Rodgers be more of the end-all, be-all, I guess. And I don't know exactly how they do it. Maybe it's not having as much motion. Um, I also saw overall this year, the Packers offense run plays without motion. They're fourth uh, in expected points added per play. Run plays with motion. They're 24th. Dropbacks, Aaron Rodgers dropping back to pass. With motion, they're 24th in EPA per play in the league. Dropbacks with motion, they're 21st. All right, so, uh, so they're not really excuse good me, without. They're not really good with throwing the ball no matter who's no matter what they do. Correct. Running the football, they have been much much better without motion there. I just if they can find a way to have Rodgers be the end all be all and he has to play better, but when I look across the offense, 
and which personnel do I really trust? Aaron Jones is one answer, but this team will go as far as Aaron Rodgers takes them. And I've felt that since week one. After week one, when we saw what happened and the defense got gashed and all that, I still looked at the Packers passing offense and I said, okay, if this works, if Rodgers can figure this out with these wide receivers, I will give him all the credit in the world because clearly he has less talent out there than most teams do. Most great quarterbacks, they have more options than Rodgers do. Uh, at the same time, if it doesn't work, I'm also going to look to him and say, okay, how, how are we unable to find a way to make this offense work? That's that's the NFL, especially in Green Bay. That's been the NFL for the last 30 years. Uh, usually it's going to be how far can your quarterback take you. Now, when you get into the playoffs and your defense gets gashed like it had so many times or has so many times when Aaron Rodgers has been the quarterback, that's one thing. But uh, Aaron Rodgers needs to play like the MVP for this team, especially right now with the lack of talent, as you mentioned. He has to be able to play at a level much, much higher than he's playing right now for them to be able to do anything this year. And I don't know if he's necessarily capable of it. I I'm not saying he's washed. I'm not saying he's done. He's clearly, I mean, the last two years, he's been uh, remarkable. But he needs to start playing at a, at a much higher level if they have any chance of saving what they have as a season right now. They need to find a way to piss him off again. They need to do something. Like, he's too zen now, man. He's too... He's too uh, manifesting or no? Uh, what is it? Uh, the words that you say is the way that you play. The yeah, way manifest that, success. Yes, get, get, me, get out of here with that. Yeah, what? They need to draft Jordan Love again. They need to find a way to I don't know get under his skin. I bring I, back Mike McCarthy. I said this yesterday. Hub Arkish needs to go say something really mean about Rogers. And then have Rodgers play with that chip on his shoulder. Someone needs to call him washed and like call him washed <laughs> to his face, like in a press conference. Be like, hey. Uh, do you feel like this is your final year? Just the way that you're playing right now, the arm that you're that you that you've shown to this point, is it really good enough to be a quarterback in this league anymore? Because I don't think it is. That that'd be that'd be hilarious if someone did that. Yeah, we got to get someone. No one will. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll get uh, Ebo in there, and we'll have we'll have Ebo go up to the press conference and be like, <laughs> "Your arm, why is it so washed?" Or he can go to Lafleur and call him Lafraud, and, and say it's all his fault, even though Matt Lafleur hasn't thrown a pass in a game yet this year. Yeah, I'll text Clemens. Yeah, see, see what Clemens see, can do. See if Mike will come up with that. I'm, um, sure, I'm sure Michael has. I'm sure Mike's been thinking about it. Yeah. So Zach, when I look forward at this game on Sunday, and the motion's one thing, I do want to see generally them go up tempo a little more. Where when it does work, try to stack that momentum on top of each other, right? Like, like I think about all the great quarterbacks in the NFL, and whenever Brady's in a two-minute drill and the defense plays a little off, you feel like he's unstoppable when he gets that same defensive personnel on the field and he's going up tempo and he's reading and things aren't moving that fast, but you feel like you feel like there's no way to stop him in those situations. And Rodgers throughout his career has been the same way. I would love to see them find a way to get more up tempo against the Washington defense. If he could tire out the front, if he could somehow take some of the guys on the front out of it and then be able to dissect them through the middle and all that, that's, when I'm looking for what schematically can change, the up-tempo is the biggest thing. And then, I mean, the motion, we'll see. We'll see how much of an effect it really has. I don't know. It, I, just, it just feels so over the top, like going so hard on this. Like the the motion, the simplify. Not you. This With Rodgers, simplify. Simplify, simplify, simplify. And take I mean, the motion messes with stuff. Like it just feels like you're just going so over the top with it. Yeah. Like this is somehow if all of a sudden they stop doing motion, this offense is going to take off and be amazing. I mean, he said it like 15,000 times. It's after literally the game. just not going to. Ha- that's not going to happen. 
Yeah, I I think a lot of it was just pointing at, let's say, the line and how they couldn't handle a stunt and, and pointing at things and say, okay, these guys can't really operate under whatever setting they're in, which I guess I that's a coaching problem, right? Or that's a preparation problem or that's a talent problem. I don't know. That, look, this look, team's in a tough place, Zach. Look, Adam Sinovich was an amazing offensive line coach, and he obviously still has a role in building the I mean, he is the offensive coordinator, so he's a huge role in building the game plan. But not being in that room, I think, has hurt them. And it was a decision. You had to make a decision. Do you want to lose Adam Sinovich? you want to lose Luke Getze? You were going to lose one of them. They decided they wanted to go with uh, Adam Sinovich as their OC. And, and obviously, uh, Luke Getze went to Chicago. So, I mean, you were, they didn't want to lose Adam Sinovich. But his role as an offensive coordinator, I feel like as a offensive line coach, he was uh, outstanding. And, and, and right now, with the talent that they have on offense, they haven't been great. That I agree with. 877-867-1670. You want to chime in, join the show, do it. He is at Zach Heilprint on Twitter. I'm at Ben Z. Kenny. We're going to step away. Take a quick break. A lot more to come. Look across the NFL. A lot of three and three teams. Which three and threes feel better than the record shows? Which feel worse? And then as we get into the 11 o'clock hour, Brian Gutekinst, were there things he could have done differently when building this roster through the draft, through free agency, entering this season? That is to come. So much more. That is Zach. I'm Ben. It's the Bill Michael Show. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back in Bill Michaels show, Zach Halper and Ben Kenny with you today, 877-867-1670. That is how you get a hold of the show. Talking Packers game coming up against the commanders this weekend. Uh, some are calling it a must win, Zach. Some are calling it a can't lose. Hard to tell the difference between the two, but 877-867-1670. How does the Packers offense get fixed schematically player wise? So much to talk about when it comes to how this team is going to improve. Let's go to the phones though. Let's go to Todd. Todd, what's up? Hey guys. Hope you're doing well. What's going on, man? Well, I'm just listening to you. Like sounds like you're putting a lot of blame on Rogers and he has some blame, a little blame, but I don't know how you can expect a guy with no number one receiver, no offensive line, receivers not doing their job, not getting open for the most part, and a lot of drop passes. I just don't know what you expect from this guy. I expect him to be the MVP. I expect him to. I expect him when he has opportunities to make plays, to make them. I'm I'm, I'm thinking about the Aaron Jones pass down the sideline. A guy's wide open streaking for a touchdown, and it's and it's got to be a touchdown. Instead, he throws it out of bounds. Those are the plays that if you're paying a guy $40 million a year, he's got to make. So uh, so how about the six drop passes from Sunday? Do they count for anything? I literally said there's a lot of things that are wrong with this offense. And the, the, offensive offensive line, line. the offensive line has not been good enough at all. <laughs> I, I mean, completely agree. Rogers, but Rodgers, when the plays are there, they have to be made. I'm not saying he's completely at fault for everything that's going on. I'm not. Well, You've got to fix other things. No, he needs him. he needs to make plays when they're there. The few times that they are there, yeah, he's he's missed one or two. But overall, this this is a joke, and Gutekunst is the biggest problem here. He still goes back to his mistake of drafting a quarterback when we didn't need one. 
you know, would that player have been in their prime right now? What's it, two, three years later? If it would have been a wide receiver, maybe a linebacker or whatever, plus some of the other draft picks he's made and not getting a number one receiver, I just don't know how you – I mean, yeah, Rodgers Rogers has some blame, but but until – it w- doesn't even matter until those uh, some of those other things like the O-line or the receivers start catching the ball or running the right routes. It's not going to matter. I got you, Todd. I appreciate it, man. I guess here's the way I look at it, Zach. When I look at the Packers' offense and who I expect the most from and who are the best there, like Aaron Jones, as I mentioned, and Matt LaFleur has proven to be a very good NFL head coach. But uh, when I think about, you know, who's supposed to be at the top, who's supposed to be at the pinnacle of the NFL at their position, it is the quarterback. And the offensive line was a complete sieve against the Jets, like single-handedly blew up a lot of plays. The receivers obviously have not lived up to expectations, but I expect more from the quarterback than I do from all the other positions. I think it's that simple. And it's not like if Rodgers plays lights out, does this team go and win? Probably not. Uh, Win as in go to the Super Bowl? Probably not, given the deficiencies elsewhere until everything is fixed. They're not going to achieve what they wanted to achieve at the start of the season. But I guess the most surprising thing about the offense and what hasn't been working is the fact that the quarterback hasn't been clicking on all cylinders. I think that's the most fair way to uh, that's the most simple way I can put it again. Rogers is not completely and only to blame for, for what's happened this, this year. There's, there's no doubt about that. I, you're right about the lack of weapons on the outside. You're like, you're right about the offensive line, not playing up to where it needs to be though. You do have what many consider to be two of the better offensive linemen in the league with, with David Bakhtiari at left tackle and wherever you want to play Elton Jenkins. Um, but the interior of the line hasn't been good enough, specifically right guard and, and probably center. So all those things come into play, and it makes – and when you have that little margin for error, the, the margin's so small, right, because of your deficiencies. When those opportunities come, you need the guy that you are paying the way that they're paying him and the success that he's had and the greatness that he is and the greatness of Aaron Rodgers – to come through and there have been opportunities there where he hasn't been able to do it. Eight, seven, seven, eight, six, seven, 1670. Let's go back to the phones real quick. Line one, you're on the bill Michaels show. Who do we got? Hey boys, it's Corey from Marshall. I typically call in in the morning. What's up, Corey? How you doing, man? Mo- Good. How you guys doing? Yeah. Motivated me to call in on my, uh, uh, weekday trip or my morning trip here to the, uh, get my car windshield fixed. So <laughs> oh, cheers. I'll be real quick. Um, I love the selective memory abilities of Packers fans in this state. It must be awesome being able to just like cherry pick out the things that you want to remember versus the things that like the way it really was. We always keep going back in hindsight is 2020 this, that the Packers did not need a quarterback and when they selected Jordan Love, right? That's always the same mantra now. But let's recall back in 2020, in March of 2020. Number one, it was awful because of COVID, right? But number two... Remember the two years before that that Rodgers was coming off of? They were trash. They were legit trash years. So if you're sitting there as Gutekunst, you're thinking to yourself, well, what do I got to do here? Now, let's be honest. Jordan Love, he might be awesome. He might not be awesome. But looking back now, hindsight is, like I just said, 2020, because Rodgers all of a sudden goes off and wins two MVPs. And I was like, oh, what an idiot that he drafted this quarterback in 2020. When at the time, it looked like a distinct possibility that Rodgers was done. 
Well, some would argue that bringing that quarterback in motivated Rodgers and made him play at an even higher level. It's quite possible, right? I'm not here to try to dissect Rodgers' brain because that's a little bit difficult, right? <laughs> but, like, saying that that Gutekunst is the problem here, that's the other thing that's laughable. Do you know how terrible this team was when he took over in 2018? Yeah. That's what I want to ask some of these cheese heads. Do you realize how bad the Silver Fox left this team in terms of, like, a talent situation? I could tell you because you look at the XFL guys and they're littered with former Packers that Ted Thompson had brought in. So let's be real here. Gutekunst is not the problem. Okay, he's brought in an amount of talent, right? The offensive line looks like trash right now. That's the problem. They can't find a consistent lineup to keep Rodgers protected. You're right, though, Zach. When those plays are there, he's got to make those plays. He doesn't look healthy when he's chucking the ball five feet over these guys' heads. So I don't know if the thumb bothered him more than they said, but that type of play that he had on Sunday suggested that he did. And I'm guessing he got a little gun-shy after a while getting his body slammed into the ground after that poor play. I know I kind of went off there, so I don't know if he's still on. <laughs> no, I got you, Corey. I'm <laughs> here. Like one breath that I kind of like had a, a mind meld of like train of thought, so I just had to get that off. <laughs> no, I love it. I appreciate the phone call, man. Enjoy the windshields. Uh, that's our guy, Corey. Uh, we got to step away here. We got to take a quick break. We'll get to it. The Goody thing is interesting because has he done a terrific job throughout his career as GM? 100%. Every single move he made pretty much in the 2021 offseason leading into that season worked out much better than we could ever have imagined. However, we're going to get to this in about eight minutes. I think this offseason, if we want to look back and go hindsight 2020 on Goody's offseason entering this year, early returns are pretty poor. So we're going to get to that and a lot more as we move along today. That is Zach Halperin. I'm Ben Kenny. 877-867-1670 if you want to join the show. That's how you do it. It's the Bill Michael Show. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers getting ready for Sunday's game in Washington. Missing from practice yesterday was Aaron Rodgers. He's still dealing with that sore thumb on his right hand that he says at times made it hard to grip the football against the Jets. How did it feel after the game? I mean, it was sore after the game. It progressively gets better throughout the week. Uh, similar plan, I'll you know, go out and practice tomorrow, Friday, and take it easy Saturday and be ready to go Sunday. Rogers said he was in the training room for over two hours getting medical treatments on that thumb yesterday. Sammy Watkins is back at practice after being taken off the IR. Watkins says the Packers need to play with more confidence. That's the mindset. Talk to yourself. Uh, bring that juice. Be the vibe. I mean, play with a swagger, a confidence, and I think that's what we have to do coming this Sunday. Whatever's going on, play with swag and confidence. Talk to yourself. Talk trash. Do something to bring the best out of yourself. That's what I do and um, hopefully we go out there this week and do that. After back-to-back losses, what did Matt LaFleur tell the team? You know, I just challenged them to go out and compete to the best of their ability, put in the work throughout the course of the week, and go out and enjoy this. We've got to have fun playing ball. This is such a great opportunity for, for every every time you step out on the field. you got to enjoy it. That's Packers head coach Matt LaFleur. In Green Bay, I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. Welcome back in Bill Michaels show. 877-867-1670. Ben Kenny, Zach Heilprin here with you today. Bill will be back tomorrow. 
leading you into Packers Commanders, as well as a big weekend of, of football, a big weekend of sports. Zach, I'm excited for the CJ Cup returning from overseas to South Carolina. What is this that? weekend? It's golf. Oh, yeah. no one cares. I know. Uh, <laughs> so when we come back from the top of the hour, a lot of interesting stuff to get to. We'll keep talking about the offense. We'll talk about what needs to change, what needs to be simplified. If you go through the words of the quarterback, I want to get into Brian Gudikins though, because uh, after six weeks, the team sits at three and three. It kind of feels like uh, maybe they've caught some breaks to be three and three. Like the product on the field has been very, very disappointing so far. And after an off season where everything clicked, I really think this past one Early returns are quite poor. So I want to talk not about his job as in, you know, calling for a different GM or anything, but just uh, let's look back at the moves he's made because when you see the Devontae trade and you see everything that came after the early returns again on, on the moves that were made and the decisions that were made, it's not really working out. We're not seeing a lot of impact from those guys. So that is to come. I want to go around the NFL a little bit. There are a lot of three and three teams. Uh, some feel better than others right now. I want to talk about which of those have the best chance to make the playoffs, things along those lines. The Milwaukee Bucks are back tonight. We'll touch on that as well. Uh, best team in the Eastern Conference have that discussion uh, as well as a bunch more. The Badgers do play a football game on Saturday, believe it or not. So I, maybe we'll touch on that if if people are interested. I don't know, Zach. I'm talking myself into this weekend being the offensive line's best performance of the year because they're getting some guys back or getting a guy back, allegedly. Well, I know. I, I feel like I feel like this needs even game time decision for for Riley Mom and their starting right tackle. I feel like he's going to be there. I don't know if he's going to play right tackle or be the starter, but he's going to be available. All right, uh, in case of emergency, which is then we wonder what constitutes an emergency, right? Alexander Smith, how you doing? So. We shall see. All right. That is Zach Heilprin. I'm Ben Kenny. A lot more to come. 877-867-1670. You want to join the show, do it. We're going to step away. Take a quick break. It's the Bill Michaels Show. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.